football week. We're already in week three of the regular season, which I like to say. Obviously, we're going to get into the Pats in a little bit. But before I get to anything else, I really wanted to talk to you about this because obviously Detroit, they took a loss Sunday. But do you hear about one fan that was at the game? No. So there was a fan on Sunday that was caught sexting some girl at the game. And okay. someone did like an over-the-shoulder read of what the texts were. And since this is my <laughs> podcast, it starts with, give me a few. It says something about wax on the top. And then it says, give me a few. I'm going home after this. And then it says, okay. And then the text reply says, <laughs> I'm going to try to say that laughing. Then I'm figuring myself for a while. You've got my pussy throbbing. <laughs> Robbing. <laughs> yeah. um, and then he replies saying, if you can't squirt, then just video you pissing. And she says, That's oh, crazy. I'm, and she says, oh, I'm squirting. I want you to piss on my heart and then nothing else. And then it says, I want you looking up at me while I watch you eat my pussy. Fuck yes. And then it says, I want to come see you over after this game. So in Detroit, Sunday, you have, fan, you have a fan with a not a figurative loaded gun ready to go at four field. <laughs> that is insane. I mean, to, to be doing that while at the stadium is sick work. It's like, man, you're out of you're at the football game. It's Barry, it was Barry Sanders Day. It's a new era of Lions football, and your mind's your mind's your mind elsewhere. Oh, I just saw that. I found it hilarious. Uh, but um, obviously, before we talk about us and the Pats, just wanted to address everything that happened Sunday. And we just yeah. there's two on four. Well, one was good with the two doctors, the where the two not doctors, two firefighters that saved that man's life that had a heart attack yeah. from Brid- Bridget Condon. Then there was the unfortunate incident where, the, where one man unfortunately lost his life. And instead of talking about like the whole repercussions, I always like to remind myself that football is just a game. And even when we get emotionally invested in it, yep. I always find it weird when I see videos of people getting into fights. Cause like guys, at the end of the day, you don't get paid. Sh- you don't get paid anything yeah, to do it. Exactly, like you're, exactly. you're paying to be there. You're a spectator. Look, I know I like, we're all guilty of it where we get overly emotional or we show emotion, but you're never going to take that out on someone else. So it's yeah. just, just remember at the end of the day, it's just a game. Definitely. Especially if, you know, you're, you're paying, you know, the stadium prices to go there. You're, you're spending your whole day at the game. You're with, you know, with like-minded fan, uh, peers and fans of that sort. I just can't imagine having such a great day planned where you're like, I'm going to the stadium. We're tailgating. We're going to have a blast. And somehow finding myself, you know, throwing fists, you know, in the in the stands. I just I, I can't imagine uh, ruining a day like that. And even just having tragedy come of it where now someone yeah. lost their life by simply going to a football game and cheering for a team, a fan of a team. And I'm not going to address what someone said, but I'm just going to say this. Uh, don't throw stones if you live in a glass house. So, yeah, I think, you know, the player I'm talking about. Yep, definitely. Um, Anyway, getting into the game, I'm just going to say this right now. I don't know how you feel, but this is how I feel. I'm not overly panicked. I feel like this is a scenario yep. we kind of saw ourselves in, but at the same yep. time, too, Absolutely. we know there's room for improvement. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I gen- Generally speaking, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimistic kind of guy, so yes. um, I don't think I would have been that down on it. But you just see correctable things. You're just watching. You're like, all right, that'll, that will definitely get ironed out. Once that gets ironed out, then you'll be all right. I think – more than anything, the only thing I worry about, the only new worry I have coming out of this game is do the Patriots have enough speed on offense, enough deep speed on offense without Tyquan Thornton? I know he's going to be out at least another two games. You know, um, he's eligible to return for New Orleans, but I think they really missed his speed on uh, on, t- on Sunday night. Uh, you saw that they wanted to take these downfield shots, and because Tyquan was out of the rotation, you had Kendrick Bourne running that deep that deep stuff and that's just not his game we saw him alligator arm it wasn't even necessarily an alligator arm he he just tried to one hand a you know the deep sideline throw and had he put two hands up there you know it's a little more of a competitive catch there you just see that's not his game um but he kind of is the only other receiver on the roster who can do that or who can approximate that skill set because Devontae Parker isn't burning anyone deep. That's not his game. Juju Smith-Schuster isn't taking anyone deep. He doesn't have the speed for that. Demario Douglas does, but he's been an inside player and so on and so forth. So I, I just think they're they're missing that speed component, and that is my only fresh worry coming out of the game. I know you know there there were talks about the offensive line, but it was just a lot of communication issues from my viewpoint um, on the left side. On the right side, it was absolutely execution errors. We had um, Calvin Anderson; I, I, he had a bad game. That was yep. uh, that was tough to see. And I, I really just don't understand either. It was like things that 
he didn't do last week. He did this week, and it just looked out of sync. Um, and then, you know, Michael Nwenu was was pretty good, but he was on a pitch count, so they swapped him out into fourth, and they put in, you know, Antonio Mafi, and things kind of fell apart from there where he was just not not physically ready, especially in the run game. He just doesn't have the push yet. Um, so I think all that stuff will iron itself out, right? In, yeah. in a few weeks, Michael Nwenu's not going to be on, you know, coming out, you know, on a pitch count, you know, Cole Strange will have practiced for more than a, what, two weeks at this point. David Andrews missed almost the entire week with a hamstring last week. Um, and he only practiced fully on Friday. So he went to that game. He played one of the worst games he's played since 2021. So all of that. And, and then obviously Badarian Lowe isn't, isn't going to be your starter over there. You nope. know, Trent Brown should be back from his concussion, hopefully this, this coming week. But these are all things that I'm like, okay, this will get ironed out. And if that is the big issue, then I feel the same about this team as I did two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. Like, obviously, like, the Philadelphia game, like, look, there was – that was the other thing, too, What or I feel like with Sunday, that was that went from good to bad, and that was the d- defensive line play where, like, against Philly, you saw stuff like Keon White putting Jordan Mailata on skates. Yep. You saw yep. them getting to Jalen Hurts. There was obviously the hit where J- Jabril Peppers just sent him into a next-realm dimension yeah. where uh, – caused the fumble. But then I feel like Sunday it was just, like, there was – apart from the one Judon sack, like, I felt like the – defense barely got any pressure on yep. two of them maybe him getting the ball out a lot quicker which i noticed yeah but for then, sure yeah but then also too you have stuff like uh raheem moster being a track like the track star we never knew like once he got that touchdown ultimately i knew i'm like yeah this game's done packed it up yep. got my hopes up obviously look i wasn't too thrilled on sean smith's officiating sunday but um that's neither here nor there and then we just have to learn to move on to new york because i don't I, I'm going to say this right now. Like, say if they do get the win Sunday, because we ultimately don't know. I know New York looked really bad against Dallas. But then yeah. again, we all know now Dallas is great. Dallas uh, is legit. Um, I actually have a hot take for you about the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, okay. I think you start putting, if he keeps it up, you put Micah Parsons in the MVP conversation. Correct. Correct. He is an absolute force. I love that it's, take. But it's not even the fact that he's a force. It's the speed that he does it with. Even that one celebration where he's like on his like, fists on the ground and he's running and he's even doing that celebration quick i'm like when people are comparing him to reggie white and lawrence taylor there's a reason for that yeah. those are some of the best defensive linemen of all time now you got him and two you have dak prescott on the other side of the ball so that's a worry for next week which that's why i'm saying new york hey if they go in there they get a win against the new york but then they lose to dallas they're one and three going to that saints game that's what i always viewed as worst case scenario for the pats right i agree i i don't think and i never thought that zero and four would be you know, would be a reality. I always kind of had them, you know, I thought they could be Philly and I thought they would definitely beat the Jets. So I had them going two, uh, two and two. So I guess at this point, you know, my expectations on after a win Sunday are right on pace. And then, yep. you know, next, then they would just have to win, you know, against Dallas. But, you know, that's, that's for, <laughs> that's for the week after next. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. Because like with that, like with this week, it's like, Hey, we get a good win and everything, but then, you know, all week long, no one's going to be picking new England. I feel like they have a chance. It's just more or the less. They just can't do self-inflicted wounds. Cause this new England team took Dallas to the brink two years ago. And I still remember that overtime game. As soon as they gave up the ball midfield, I'm like, yeah, we're losing this game. What happened? Dak dropped the dime to CD and that was it. So I'll even look at it now to where if they can come out of new Orleans or go, if they can come out of new Orleans at two and three, or even come out of Vegas at three and three, that's where I feel like, okay, they're good because then if you can steal one against Buffalo or Miami, because yeah. look, we saw it where Buffalo looked I, – I don't want to say everyone was writing them off. Like they looked vulnerable, but then like they go out and then last week we're like, hey, they look great. But at the same time, too, I think it's more about the Raiders coming back yes, to reality. I, I, I think it's more – it has everything yeah. more to do with the Raiders just looking like garbage on defense. I also apologize to anyone in advance for Christmas Eve where you have to watch the Patriots play the Denver Broncos in a game that's going to be probably 13 to 10 as well. 13 to 10? Oh, you got a barn burner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They're, 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 Denver is going – I'm going to preview my picks for this week, but I think Denver is going to get killed against Miami this week in that heat. And I agree. There's all this other stuff. That they are not a good team, but I, I thought that last year as well. I didn't think they were a good team, and everyone's like, "Well, it's because of Nathaniel Hackett." And I was like, I, "I just don't think they're a good team." Period. Like, I, I, I just didn't see it. You know, even with you know Sean Payton coming in, I, I still don't. I they're just not a very good team. Um, a quarterback that they could target. That's I feel like only because I, I was saying this just today when it, like when I hear about all these like college prospects and stuff like that. Because there's three levels of football fans. There's the people that like you know not even fan, but there's the level where it's like only Super Bowl. Yep. Then there's the people that like watch Super Bowl, but then like watch other games or about it. 
Yep. And then there's the people who watch the stuff and like kind of follow and know what's going on. And then there are the true sickos like you and I, and I say that respectfully, <laughs> where we consume this shit year round. You, that's the yep. reason why you and I have talked in the depths of winter in the middle of spring when nothing's going on because yeah. we know and breathe this game. And a quarterback I looked at, Denver could go out and grab in the draft next year. And before anyone's saying, oh, why do they go do that? Guys, they, they can get out of the Russell Wilson contract this year because there's a guarantee that kicks it in March. So that could yep. be a March release. Um, but Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. Yes, he is a baller. Oh my goodness, such a live arm. He is. He is the kind of player that I think everyone will love more than I guess the evaluators. I think he's one of those players that you know once draft season actually rolls around and they start doing like combine and interviews and all that, you know, you're gonna start hearing some things. Oh, the team, you know, teams aren't as high. It's gonna be one of those like no, everyone, everyone on Twitter already knew like this guy was legit. I think he's gonna be that kind of guy. Exactly. It's the guy that like we noticed, but then the draft act because like the draft experts are gonna look at, you know, the Caleb Williams, which that that's whatever. But then, sure. like him, the Drake Mays, et cetera. I put KJ I even put KJ Jefferson in that category as well, where yep. I feel like he can go high. Uh obviously Marvin Harrison Jr., both him and Caleb probably look great in that desert desert red in Arizona. <laughs> but um no, Michael Penix was just a name that came up because I feel like he's gonna be that guy that can like sneak in the top ten where people have questions on. But yep. then uh, doesn't play like a robotic quarterback, so he can kind of go in there and do that. Which, we'll, yeah, we'll translate to that because I'm going to say this right now: everyone who I going into the year, I remember the whole MVP DJ Moore. It's going to change Justin Fields. I was yeah. one of the guys. I'm like, nah. no, that that and Pittsburgh. I slept on the Pittsburgh Iowa Hawkeye Steelers. <laughs> yes, I I mm, I don't. Hmm. The best way that I can phrase it, I I don't believe in pittsburgh like i believed in them last year i still like kenny pickett but i who he looks he looks kind of lost this year it they they remind me through their first two games so far of what new england was last year where it's like yep. one day in playing calling to where when your defense can't bail you out you're gonna lose. you're gonna look terrible but when your defense is on it's gonna look one way definitely yeah like they had the two touchdowns cj watt had the sack and then that's how they beat cleveland but then also do you have cleveland with deshaun watson doing all this other stuff but then going back to the other, because that's one question I have for you right now. So obviously with Monday Night Football, there's the two games. Do you like the seven fifteen and eight fifteen timing, or do you? Because I, I wish, don't. like, I wish the I first game don't. was like six thirty. I know it's a weird yep. start time, but with six thirty, by the time you get to halftime for the eight fifteen game, that you can hey, go watch the last five minutes of the first game. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're too close together. I, I know why you do it. You know, you want to, you know allow the West coast folk to get out at their time or whatever. But I mean, if you're going to do an a 15 game, I don't think you can also do a seven fifty because then you're splitting between them. You know what I mean? I, I remember I was, I was jumping between the games on Monday night and for a minute there, you just feel like you have no idea what's going on in either game because you're just like the both are going at the same time. And, and yeah. you know, the commentators are coming in. They're like, Oh, here's what's happening in the other game. And you have the, the little box in the corner you know, to showing you the score, I just found it more distracting than anything because anytime there was a bad play in the Cleveland, you know, Pittsburgh game, and there were a ton of those, yes. I would I would look up, see the score, and I'm like, you know what? Let me just switch over real quick. Let me see if this, you know, if, if Panthers Saints is a little more actiony, and you know, I yeah, I don't I don't love it. Um, yeah, I just I because I'll say this though, I love it over better than the seven to ten fifteen because remember week one they would do Holy that. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah, and it was always the Niners super late. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's ten o'clock. I'm so tired. Like. By halftime, I, the last time they did it was 2020. I remember it was Titans Broncos. And by halftime, I was like, I got work in the morning. I'm going to bed. So I like it better <laughs> for that aspect. But I wish they did like how I said, like, did like a six, like with the 630, you can just put two East Coast teams on. It is what it is. But then like 815, that's when you can kind of like get creative and put a team on that's in a time change. Kind of like how this Monday, it's obviously the Rams playing at 815 against the Bengals, which that's another game on its own. But uh, yeah, it's just. I get why they do it too, but at the same time too, they have all this other stuff. And the one thing I'll say about games coming up soon, I really hope this is available in Canada, but I want to watch that Disney Plus Andy's Broom feed for the <laughs> Jags yes. and Falcons. That did sound, I, you know, they kept mentioning it on the broadcast and I'm like, what are they talking about? Um, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that just because I, I want to see what they do with it. I, You know, it sounds weird, like, oh, you know, what would they, you know, how would that even work? Wouldn't it be distracting, taken away from the game? But I don't know. Nickelodeon had their slime cast, and that worked just fine. So they're doing the slime cast for the Super Bowl this year because CBS has a Super Bowl, so they're going to have the one or the CBS feed, but then that's they also have the sick. Nickelodeon feed. See that? That's pretty cool. Yeah, because like I look at those the same way as the Manning cast. Like if the Patriots, like I, I don't get the slime cast in Canada, unfortunately, but um, 
with the other games like the Manning cast or even the Disney Plus one, I hope it's available on Disney Plus here. We'll have to wait and see next Sunday. But if it's like a team, two teams I don't care about or two teams I don't have a rooting interest for, yeah, I'll watch it. But if it's the Patriots, no. Like the December 18th game against the Chiefs, no, I'm not watching the Manning cast. I'll listen to Joe and right, Exactly. Yep, yep. I'm the exact same way. Uh, if, the, if the guys are involved, I want to watch the football. Um, where sometimes with these matchups of teams, like two teams that you just simply don't care about, like um, – Say, you know, one of the matches is Arizona and uh, Green Bay, Indianapolis, two teams okay. I just literally do not care about. That's a game I'm like, you know, let me see the Manning cast because I'll still watch the football, but I get a different voice. I don't just need the play by play. Like I need a little entertainment with regards to the, you know, those two teams. Yeah, I, I feel the exact same way on that. So it's just it's one of those things where it like it is what it is. You just got to kind of like look, look to there to where it's like, hey, you get your aspects of football, but at the same time, too you get everything else. That's why, like, for example, I don't broadcast during Patriot games, even though I had the sick idea one time, like, Hey, what if I did that? But I'm like, no, I just don't, I don't want to do that. Um, With this season so far, obviously we can talk a lot about new England, but I I want to focus more on other teams. Is there a team so far that you've been impressed by that kind of caught you off by guard or is there, is is the season gone to what you've expected it to be? Um, Atlanta, I thought they'd be significantly worse than they are. And I know, you know, everyone's kind of talking like, oh, well, the Panthers aren't very good. And that's why they beat the Panthers. And then, you know, the the Packers probably aren't very good either. I don't know. I, I just think Atlanta's friskier than everyone. Well, not everyone. Then I gave them credit for because I didn't give them I didn't give them a shot in hell. I didn't I don't like Desmond Ritter. I don't think he's a very good player. Um, and I don't I don't think he was ever a very good player. So. I'm not, you know, interested in him. I don't really think he's that good. Kyle Pitts, I'm kind of, you know, all right, he's a good player. You know, we'll see We'll see what we have. Drake London didn't really wow me last year. So it was just a team that I just didn't just didn't think highly of. But Bijan, obviously they added Bijan Robinson, and he's been amazing. Yeah, so I don't want to say that, like, I was wrong about him because, like, I was never doubting him. I was just one of those people that was saying, I think, don't think it's right to put such high expectations on a rookie. But then yeah. he's outshined them to where he's looked good. They're, not, they're, they're one for me. Uh, Tampa Bay is another one, which yeah, they're frisky. Yeah, they're like, I, like a week one, I was like, okay, like you know what, hey, they'll like kind of come down, and I thought that's why, like, I was, I'm really on Chicago right now, just because like I thought, you know what, Chicago had a bad game week one, but then realized that week two, no, Chicago's just a straight up bad football team. I, oof, oof. but you I, noticed I, I avoided the the when you brought up Justin uh, Justin Fields, I didn't really respond because I, I have a take that's a little unpopular. Um, with Justin Fields, and I'm like, eh, maybe I won't drop it. But my, I liked Justin Fields coming out of college. Um, I wanted him like that. He was the quarterback that I wanted. I was like, I want Justin Fields. Um, and to this point, he hasn't done anything. And you just watching, you're like, all right, cool. He's not a very good quarterback. Um, I think people are giving him a lot of grace that I don't think they would give any other quarterback. And I just think it's really weird. I, and maybe it's because he went to a big school, obviously, you know, Ohio state and, and all that. And he's a really tantalizing, you know, prospect as a runner. Um, I think people are just get like, Oh no, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, but it's also him, right? The O line's bad. Cause he's holding the ball. The defense yeah. is bad. That's not, you know, nothing, you know, it's just like all of these things where it's like, yeah, all of those things are true. And also he is not very good. They like you know how I said earlier the Pittsburgh Steelers are like the 2020 uh 2022 Patriots. I think the yeah. same can be said for Luke Getz's play calling because a lot of the stuff he's doing is screens, but then also too, I'll say this with Justin Fields that I've noticed with his game. Because like look, I did like him coming out too. He was a quarterback I wanted in New England. Mm-hmm. I was I was I was a little heartbroken when we didn't get him. And I was like, you know yep. what, I'll, I warmed up to the idea of Mac, which look, I'll say this right now, and I know it's an unpopular opinion. If the season ended today, I think Matt gets his fifth year, no problem. He doesn't get a contract extension. It's just like Tua, where you pick up his fifth year option, yep. you'll yep. let him ride out 24 and 25. And then after, 20, and if next year he plays well, then hey, after 2024, yep. boom, spring of 25, you get rewarded with a contract. I wholeheartedly agree. Yep. Yeah. So with Justin, though, I just feel like he's trying to do what he did at Ohio State because look, he was throwing to some of the now elite NFL receivers and soon to be yeah. elite NFL receivers. Like, when you're throwing to Chris Olave, when you're throwing to JSN, when you're throwing to to be Patriots opponent on Sunday, Garrett Wilson, like who these guys are, because that's one thing I'll say right now. And that was my take going into the year. Chris Olave, what a receiver! He, yeah, amazing. he is. A, yeah, and, and he's getting overshined by you know Garrett Wilson. Um, I thought he had a great year last year, uh, and I think he may finish second in um, offensive rookie of the year. But I, just from like a casual fan perspective, he's never brought up when people talk about like the really good yeah. young receivers. He is really good. People need to you know watch him a little more. 
my take was he's going to be wide receiver one by the end of the season in New Orleans. Just him, he, the chemistry too, because he's got a legit quarterback yep. now with Derek Carr. Yep. I know a lot of people like I agree. outcast him as well, but it's the same thing there. So back to my point with him, where it's like, hey, you have Chase Claypool, you have DJ Moore, which I always said DJ Moore wasn't going to do jack for Chicago, and I'm kind of right <laughs> so far. You have like those two. I don't know what else they have at receiver. They have Cole Komet, who is, I think, massively overpaid. Um, but you have these weapons that aren't like what he was throwing to. Because even too, Jeremy Ruckert at Ohio State is on the Jets. Uh, there's another guy down in Jacksonville whose name I'm blanking on. But he had all these weapons, but I still feel like he's trying to like those guys can't get open like that. Like there's like I'm sorry, DJ Moore and Chase Claypool aren't what Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are. So he's trying right. to make those plays yeah. to where it's not this he's looking for that perfect dime where it's just run down, catch, 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 boom, and then go. It's no yeah. he, DJ Moore can't get separation. We all knew that. And then Chase Claypool's just like had the great rookie year and then has fallen off a cliff. So yeah, that's my thing with Justin Fields, where it's like, hey, you're trying to do too much with nothing. And I feel like next year it could be this whole, oh, hey, new coordinator, new system. But it's like, okay, we've already done that with him where you brought in Eberflus because, yep. look, Chicago needs a D.C. now, which that's a whole – I don't even know what the hell's going on with yeah, that. Yeah, that, that – oof. What? What? <laughs> yeah. Like FBI was raiding his house on Monday. They raided Hallis Hall, which proved to be yeah. false. But it's – I'm sorry. It's a mess. And Patrick Mahomes is going to drop 40. I think Sunday is the game Easy. too where we – the Chiefs are going to come out and it's going to be that game where it's like – yeah, the Chiefs are good. Like with Chicago, though, like I'm sorry, this game should not be. I know they're an iconic franchise. The Chiefs game's a 4:25 game. There is no way that game should be played at 4:25 p.m. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you want more opportunities to see Mahomes, so you want to stick him in the, you know, Fair. in the in a national window. There, I I don't know. I I also maybe they thought that Justin Fields would have been better than he than he is. I know that. I mean, there was a lot of people who thought. There were a lot of people who were like, "Yeah, he's gonna take that next step." They got him, DJ Moore. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be immaculate. Just watch. Uh, and then throughout the entire summer, there was always an excuse for whenever you know one of those videos came out, and it was just like a, a terrible throw or something. And everyone's like, "Oh nah, it's the receiver's fault," or "Oh nah, this," or "Or it's just training camp." And then the game started, and it's been the exact same shit. And he's holding the ball, and he's not playing well. He's he's throwing coaches under the bus, like just an insane situation in Chicago. Week 10, you get Bryce Pan- Bryce Young and Justin Fields on uh, Thursday Night Football, so uh, buckle up for that one. Um, <laughs> but with Chicago, though, it's also just this whole, like, yeah, like, I feel like, and everyone, too, is going, like, there was articles about him being MVP. Remember that? Those came out. That was so crazy. Yeah. Like, I was like, yo, no. And then, like, I feel like he gets the passes for what Matt got scrutinized a lot for, where it's, oh, the bad throw, it's Mac's fault. Like, I'll say this so far. The only interception I will put on Mac is the one that was a pick six. Like the one to Devontae Parker. Look, Devontae Parker got beat clean by Xavier and Nick Cannon Howard. So uh, <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about when I make it. Yeah, yeah, I do. Four women pregnant four at the same time. Four at one time. He, Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> there was a story, too, about that earlier in the summer with his Bentley getting smashed in by, I think, one of the yep, women. I, I remember that. We talked about it. It had come out on, yes. on the same day we did a show. I remember that. Yes, yes, that's right. Well, we I do a lot of shows, so sometimes some stuff slips my mind. But with that, though, like I had a friend who's a Dolphins fan who came on and talked me Friday, and he always said this: X burned Parker, even when Parker was in the Dolphins and in, in uh, drills and all this other stuff. And Mac also threw the exact same interception in Week One last year. So when I look at those, it's like not on Mac. But the one player, though, I was right about, and I'm so glad to be right about, is Hunter Henry is back. We see what yeah, happens. Yeah. You see me tweet at every Pats game. Yeah. Good things happen when you throw <laughs> Hunter Henry the football. Yeah. I, um, as a noted, not, you know, as someone who wasn't a huge believer in Hunter Henry um, last year and into this year, I don't know. He, he looks good. Um, he looks like one of the centerpieces of your offense right like the player yes. like all right cool we'll just get him the football and he'll make the play for us um and it's not like a super splashy play because that's not really his game but i think he's just a nice consistency player and you you see that he's well respected he's the captain this year i almost wonder if it's time for an extension i i think so too just because obviously i remember you and i talked about this i think it was with pat where we talked about how they've got all this cap money for next year yep I'm excited about it, but they have a lot of in-house work to get done. You've got him, you've got Judon, uh, you got Duggar, you got Uche's, a, Uche's an interesting one. I, he's a guy who I can see probably going. Yeah, I that's like not going to happen. He, I think he's out of here. He's going to buy off more than he can chew, and then he'll go some. He'll get his money, but then it'll be like, oh, maybe you're better with the Patriots. And then the other one too is Michael Wendu. Obviously, Michael Wendu is the yes. guy you pay because that twenty for as bad as twenty twenty was, he's the guy you look at and say he was a sixth round pick. He can do what he wants. 
But with picks, I'll say this right now. Gonzo's looking pretty damn good. The Holy fact that, cow. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, Tyreek Hill is out there praising him. Yep. Uh, he's pretty much, like, that's the one thing with Philly, too. Like, Philly was not explosive at all against this. So, it's going to be very interesting when it comes up to uh, the next th- four matchups or even five where it's like, okay, you got Garrett Wilson Sunday. You got CeeDee Lamb. You got Chris Olave. You got Devontae Adams. And then... The big one I'm looking for is Week Seven with Stephon Diggs, just because obviously Stephon Diggs has cooked the Patriots yep. ever since he's yep. gone. Defo- ever since he's if, gone to if Buffalo, he can, so. if he can lock down Stephon Diggs, and I don't even mean necessarily not lock down like oh you know you know you know Diggs has no production, but I mean lock down is like you keep him in check, right? If you can hold yep. him to uh, you know 50, 60 yards, no touchdowns, like I would say, hey, yeah, that's a pretty good day at the office because Stephon Diggs is that ki- that caliber of player. Yeah, and even too with the Patriots secondary as well, like a guy like obviously Kyle Duggar's due for an extension. Dallas Goddard had zero catches week one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I, I really don't understand why Duggar hasn't been extended. I, I was certain it would get done in the summer. I, I just, I, whew, yeah, I don't really get that. I think he's a hardball guy where Belichick's probably going to try to play hardball with him where he it might be like, you know, David Andrews was like, yeah, Hey, I'll like go look at my options. And you realize like, Look there, I feel like he could do that, but if he does do that, I think you're more likely to lose him. than Yes, keep because him. he is. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the league, he's the kind of player that the league is after right now on defense, as far as like, you know, your second level goes, he's someone you can stick down there at linebacker and feel comfortable. Like, Hey, we're all set down there. You can put him in the box as like a, you know, true strong safety and be like, Hey, we're pretty comfortable there. We can put him on the edge of the line and blitz him like a linebacker. And you're going to feel pretty comfortable there. I think he's the kind of player that someone is going to pay. And I know he's not, been amazing in coverage like in single coverage man coverage um situations last year he gave up was it five touch uh, five touchdowns which is a lot but um it was one of those things where you're like all right i will live with that i would live with him allowing you know six yards per catch and giving up a few touchdowns because everything else he does is just amazing so pay that man whatever money he's asking that, that, that's just, just give him the, give him the money like save him the trouble judon's another one i said because obviously judon is a guy i feel like judon though is a guy who will take a hometown discount i feel like he yeah. likes staying here even though look his wallet gets lost on top of the cars and he has the air uh, I, that made my monday more than anything he lost but, his wallet yeah so he posted on ig so he has an air tag on his louis wallet marcus jones put it on top of his car as a joke it fell <laughs> off and he, had the, he was like walking on the side of the highway and stuff like that so it was just one of those like hilarious moments to where even going like oh and to aside this this team's just there's just a vibe around them and i like the fact too that there's all this stuff about like getting better um i'll say this too the biggest issue obviously was the pop douglas fumble on sunday but i like how it's not look belichick's just teaching the kid a lesson but then you have everyone else coming out and being like you know what hey i've done this before hey i've done this before it's kind of like in those movies when the kid pisses his pants and everyone like, yeah like remember billy madison when the one kid did that and like everyone's yeah then everyone, yep. themselves? Yeah. that's what it is it's just kind of saying hey this happens just learn to shake it off and learn yep. to get better I just hope, and Hunter I just, henry yeah i just hope we don't see him as an inactive on sunday because i feel like they won't do that kind of like how booty got inactive for week two i just yeah. don't think it'll happen but it's one of those things you have to think about obviously because belichick yeah. doesn't play games well so my my, my take on booty has been i you know, everyone's like, oh, he's being punished. And I don't really see it that way. I think he was only active in the first place because Devontae Parker wasn't. Um, yes. So I, I I, always thought he was going to be inactive this week if Devontae Parker was because I don't think you would carry that many receivers on your active roster who do the same thing. Um, so, you know, Booty played in that Parker role on, you know, against the Eagles. So if, you know, obviously Parker's back and Parker played 100% of the snaps, he usually plays upwards 90-something, you know, if he doesn't get hurt. You yeah. Know, he usually plays upwards 90% of the snaps. Um, so if you have a guy who's going to play, who you project is going to play all of the snaps, you wouldn't activate the guy who is essentially his backup, right? If Booty would only play that Parker role and you and you have Parker and you know Parker's going to play you know, almost all of the snaps, why activate Booty? So I, I think that made a lot of sense. People counter and say, well, they activated Jalen Rager and he didn't even play. I think he was one of those, bring him on, and if you if you have the opportunity, use him for that speed element because, like we mentioned at the top of the show, without Taekwon out there and without Pop Douglas out there, the offense just lacks speed. I think he was brought in to play, you know, that role. Break glass, like Jalen Rager was like kind of that break glass case of emergency kind of. Yeah, role if well. things are right. going really ugly and we just got to start taking some deep shots down the field, we'll bring in you know number eighty three and make him make him do something with it. Exactly, and the one thing I'll say too is, and I keep hearing a lot. Of, so two things: one, I. 
I know Taekwon's not playing, but the wet blanket that is Ben Volan keeping on going. George Pickens was picked ahead of here. I Every hate time. It. Oh, I freaking hate it. I just don't like when people do that because it's like, look, did you get a pick wrong? Yeah. Can you go back and change it? No, it's kind of like I heard people like seeing people one time go like, why wasn't Travis Kelsey a first round pick? And I'll be like, go look at his college film. It's like, right. Yeah. Like one, there. two, like one team too, that did this, that I don't think gets enough flack is the Niners in 2017 who Solomon Thomas and Ruben Foster obviously didn't work out, but Hey, yep. you got George Kittle in the fifth round. So it's the, so, the draft yeah, right. watched. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I, I, it I, it bothers me because it, it just screams of looking for something to nitpick, right? If your team, if the, the Patriots aren't even playing, and yet yeah. you're watching other games to say, hey, the, the Patriots pass on this guy who's doing well. I just, I don't know. I, I think there are better things to do with your Sundays. Yeah, or Monday nights. It's just too, I feel like there's, I, like, I love Patriots Twitter, but I feel like there's half of them that are, like, it's very, not, what is it? Not bad. There's backhanded compliments. I was looking on the word where it's very pessimistic more than like glass yeah. half full, where it's just yeah. more like, oh, like could have had this, could have done this. Yep. Or even yep. to like, obviously, look, a lot of the, the starts were self inflicted wounds. Even the whole people ever coming out, Max got this record, Max 0 and 12 in games they allow 20 or more points. It's just like, well, maybe the defense should have done a better job at stopping. Like, if it's like, oh, he's does this when he's down by there and i'm like the only quarterbacks that are really good when it comes to comebacks are the greatest of all times and like even with mac i've come to terms with yeah he's probably never going to be a top five guy but he if he can be Kirk cousins this franchise can be successful i agree i that post in particular was really bothersome for me i just i i only because it implies like hey you could have had someone else you know, match not very good, and here's what you know. Here's what supports that idea to the you know the the record when losing. Um, but I saw a really interesting um, comparison that I hadn't seen in response to that same um, to that same tweet. Right? It's uh, let me see. I, I know who has it. Let me just pull them up. But we're doing this live because that's how we operate on this show. Um, Love that it you've just, gotten it. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on board. Um, <laughs> But basically, the gist was, you know, you know, Matt's record uh, in the, in you know losing situation to something like zero and twelve or zero and thirteen or something to that effect. Um, and one of the best responses I saw was comparing it to the other guys in his draft class. Um, only one of them has have won a game, and that was Justin Fields. He's like one in uh, one in twenty six or something to that effect. And uh, Lawrence is. Lawrence hadn't won one, um, and neither had Mac. Um, Zach Wilson hadn't won one, so it was, it was one of those uh, situations where it's just like, yeah, compared to all of his contemporaries, there everyone faces the same problem. And you were right when you said it's only like the, the only guys who are good at comebacks are the guys who are you know the greatest of all times. The list is like Mahomes and Allen, like they're the guys who've won the most, like you know, score score to win situations. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I just think it's it's wild that that's the standard that's being brought up. It's just a talking point that someone tweeted out on Sunday and it's just been making the rounds the last couple of days. And even too, it's like all the fans out there that are going like, oh, uh, you guys are like, welcome back to being a regular loser fan. And I'm like, yeah, like, look, we hang on to the glory days because they were glorious and it was never been done before. But even to like Marlon Humphreys thing where it's just like, and I always stress this, I stress this to you where he's like, Belichick may not, it may have been more Brady than Belichick. For anyone who doubts that, those first three teams were predicated on defense. Mm-hmm. Brady Brady did what Brady had to do, but those three teams were the 01, 03, and 04 were predicated on defense. It's even like Dan Orlovsky tweeted something about like they had a great running game, and every Patriot fan was like, uh, they did it. That's why no, they, they never got Cor- that's why they got Corey Dillon. So it's just yeah. one of those things where it's like <laughs> if you look at those defenses from the early two thousands for the Patriots, like they're loaded with either guys who should be in Canton or guess what are in Canton right now. Yeah. Yeah, it was it, it was an elite defense. I I know that um people look at the two thousand Ravens, I, right? I, I think people who are overzealous <laughs> Tom Brady fans don't like when it's pointed out that like that you know it was the defense. Like people are like oh, but Tom did this and Tom did that. I'm like and I and I know that I obviously know that, but watch the games. Like don't don't tell me what you think. Don't don't talk to me with your heart about it. Watch the games and tell me what your eyeballs see. If you're like hey, you know they don't win that Super Bowl in that individual Super Bowl without uh Tom in two thousand one. It's like. They don't get there without him, but in that game, what do your eyes tell you? Like, who won that game? Um, a take I have about that Super Bowl when I go back and watch it is I don't know if they win if Ty Law doesn't get that pick six. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they because they, they weren't doing it on offense. It, it's just one of those – everyone loves to talk football with, like, what they think as opposed to what they see, and I just don't understand disregarding your own eyes. If you are watching a game and, you know, Miles Bryant is playing well, don't then tweet me. Miles Bryant sucks because what did your eyes tell you? You know what I mean? Like I, it's just, just generally speaking. 
he he looked fine on Sunday too. Obviously, Marcus Jones had the injury. Jonathan Correct. Jones was down, yep. but he he played he played fine. And like even though like look the Miami run game like that's the one thing I'll say. Mike McDaniel outcoached Bill Belichick. We all know that. Like yeah, they were they were killing him up front. It was it was insane. Um, just based on run schemes and the the Patriots couldn't get it blocked. The the interior of that D line, which I was worried about in the summer when I when I was on, I mentioned it uh, during the training camp episode. Mm-hmm. I the, the the internal the, the interior D line just really worried me, and we saw it on on Sunday night, like they were just getting moved up front. They just don't have the beef up there. That's where I'm kind of worried about Brees Hall coming in because I was wrong about him. He's back and looking really good. Obviously, I had a bad game on Sunday. There was a whole four thing. But if they're smart and the Tang and Hackett's smart, they're gonna run the ball down their well, throat because uh, that's a big if. That's a big if too, though. But <laughs> a take a take I have is a uh, new father, Devon Godchow. Look at look for him to get a sack or for him to have a big game. Just had a baby yesterday. Oh, so you could rock the baby? Yes. Uh, or do the football shoot with the baby. There's someone on the Colts. Oh, that. yes, I saw that. That was amazing. <laughs> it's it's little it's little things like that that make the game special. Um, do you remember one of the last episodes you and I did together where we had the Hall of Fame talk? Yeah. There was one – so I was watching Red Zone Sunday at 1 o'clock, and there was one guy that came up who said he'll be in Canton conversation, and my opinion on this guy is he had a really good career. I just don't think he's a first balloter, but I think he'll get in eventually. A.J. Green. Yeah, that's um, – I don't know. That's really interesting. I know he gets referred to as a Hall of Famer, and um, I think his his – you know, career totals should indicate, yeah, Hall of Famer. I just, I, at no point did I ever feel like, yeah, AJ Green's the best receiver in the league. I always thought he was like maybe third. Um, anytime you compiled a year to year list, it's just like, yeah, there are like two or three guys better than him right now. And, yeah. you know, I guess being top five or top 10 for the, you know, majority of your career should again allow you in. I just, I don't, I don't, ah, I don't, I don't have strong feelings on it. I'm not like, he has to get in. But if he doesn't get in, I'm like, eh, it's not a travesty. Like I'm the kind of like I'm the kind of guy with the Hall of Fame in any sport where I'm like, for example, I remember the first guy on the list you and I did was Antonio Gates, and we both unanimously agreed. Luck. Yep. Those are the guys yep. who should be getting in. For sure. The guys that don't that's like the thing, like Deion Sanders talked about it, which I'm gonna ask you about that in a little bit. Um, he once said where it's like Canton's running out of room for busts, where it's just you're kind of letting like these guys who not exactly have bad careers, but these guys that like maybe had mid average to good careers are like it's are getting in where it becomes the hall of very good instead of the yep. hall of fame where yep. I feel like the hall of fame should be like, if you look at this year's class, I know he was on a lot of bad teams, but Joe Thomas, great player. Yeah. Uh, I think he, Brief, I think the same thing too. I think Marcus um, Blair, same thing. Thomas deserves to be in just based on that. Um, the snap streak. Yeah. That, yeah. It's just like, you just played, you just played and you played on some dog crap teams and I know you were nursing some injuries, but you just, you know, played through it and played at a high level through it. So I, I, understand him but i i do agree with that sentiment overall though it's you know there's some players who are getting in or who are mentioned right who, who should be hall of famers um that i just don't really see i know coming up in this year's uh class is you know a player Haloti nada i thought he was just very good i if he's a hall of fame player i just i i don't know what 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 is what are we talking about it's it's like even to like even like you look at the guy like I remember a couple of years ago like an Alan Fanica for example where he was just an unbelievable offensive lineman as well. Yeah. Um. But even though because I was to say what I forgot. oh that's one other player I want to talk about that's very controversial with a lot of people but I think he gets in based off not just winning the Super Bowls but the fact of who he beat and that's Eli I think look Eli you beat Tom Brady twice in a Super Bowl like that alone. Like if if Eli and also to like the Manning name aside, I know a lot of people like to say all oh, the back half of his career is bad. It's the same people that are young who say Ben Roethlisberger shouldn't get it. I'm like, go watch Ben Roethlisberger when he was yeah. his early days. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, two Super Bowls, and was in his prime. Like you couldn't bring that man down. So yeah, he was never worse than the third best quarterback in the league. There's That's a reason why it was. That's like, the reason why it was always Steelers, Colts, or Patriots. One of them was representing the AFC in the AFC yeah. Championship game. Yeah, definitely. Um, but shifting gears, I don't know how much college you watch, but the, I watch it every week. Oh, okay. Now I get to know that. Um, <laughs> the Deion Sanders stuff. My take on okay. it is, I think it's good. I just I'm gonna wait until like Saturday to reserve judgment because look, Oregon, USC, those are schools where I'm like, if you go out there and get dog walked, it's like okay, gets brought back down to reality. My big thing is though, and I think this won't happen, is the people yeah. that say, oh hey. Dion should go and coach in the NFL where I'm like, 
what he can do, I think, works best in a college environment yeah, with I agree. 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. Getting them to buy in on your prestige. I, yeah, yeah. But you also – because you can't go up like how he basically brought in this whole new Colorado team. And that's the other thing, too, I'll say with Colorado State with the Travis Hunter injury. I like I not I don't love the fact of what the Colorado State player received in terms of his number and address getting leaked, which I don't know why yeah. anyone does that and death threatening someone over a football play. It's the fact that Travis Hunter addressed it while playing video games, wearing a giraffe onesie with all this anime stuff in the <laughs> foreground yeah. of it. Where it's like, this guy's a football player, but he's also a nerd. So it's like it's kind of yeah. where it's it's like guys at the same time, even he's like too, yeah, shit happens. But that's my thing with like the whole even like if you go out look at like a Saban dynamic or a Dion dynamic where it's like you stay in college you can build up the best programs like a take I heard today is what if Dion goes and coaches at Florida? Yeah, that, if he goes to like a big SEC school, yeah, I I, I agree. I think um, we're so eager to move people up that we yes. sometimes forget that like some of what they do is only special because of where they do it. Um, I think a, a good example of that was a. Uh, you know, uh, Matt Rule, I think, you know, obviously he's a great college coach. Uh, Chip Kelly was uh, was another one in that same regard where great college coach gets the players to buy in and his motivating style just works with younger people. It's a lot different when you have a nine, 10 year vet who's, you know, done it, always done it this way. And you now have to manage that on top of trying to instill what you want to instill. So I think um, Dion is one of those, one of those, one of those guys for me where I think his entire I don't want to call it a gimmick because it makes it sound inauthentic and I don't think it is inauthentic, but his entire appeal is that he is such a people person and he can motivate the hell out of you and be proven right. And because he's such a quote unquote winner, right? Everywhere he goes, he kind of has success. Um, People will just buy in and that buy-in really, really does something because I don't think that Colorado team is like very good on paper, right? Like their roster isn't a very good roster. Um, but they just find ways to win games. And I think that that comes down to coaching. Yeah. That's, that's just that to where it's like to get guys to buy in, because say if you were to go to a team that's bad, it's like, look at what Nick Saban did. He went to Miami in the days where it, Miami wasn't a good team. You yep. look at urban Meyer, obviously that was a disaster. You look at Matt rule where it was at Carolina for years has just been this whole, we need to get our guy. We need to go and we'll see what happens with them with Frank Reich. But then you look at like what Matt rule did at Baylor. Temple, like he took these programs that were dog shit and basically made them relevant. Like, look at Colorado now, where you have The Rock, you have Little Wayne, you have Offset, you have Chauncey yeah. Billups and uh, his soon-to-be new point guard, maybe Kyle Lowry, which that's another story. This is not a basketball podcast. <laughs> um, you have all these, and you have all these guys that are making Boulder a destination. Like, look, Game yeah. Day was there for the first time since uh, you. So you're 92, right? Yeah. I'm 93, so for the first time since you and I were basically toddlers, that college game day was in Boulder. So yeah. there's a reason for all this happening. There's a reason why tickets for Sunday, Saturday night were $700. Like, imagine yep. that's and they why sold I'm out. saying. Just that's insane. The thing. Sold out for the season. But even, too, yeah. that's why I say the whole SEC dynamic, because imagine if you have a Dion-led school like Colorado consistently playing in that, instead of 10 o'clock at night, playing at that 3.30 CBS SEC yeah, time slot sure. where you're going to draw monster numbers where yeah. it's like that Tennessee-Florida uh-huh. game that kind of went under the radar is now this like must-see TV. And I also say Florida too for the senses of, look, he went to FSU, Miami's right there, and Florida's that program, which I'm going to say this right now. A lot of people were pissed off about the Gator documentary. I, for one, liked it. Yeah. I, for one, enjoyed it because I'm like, I'm looking at this from the football standpoint. I feel like everyone was expecting this like, raunchy juicy like yep. juicy yeah. gossip stuff where i'm just like it's about these guys go out there and play football like the one clip yeah. i love is just when major Wright comes out and says i wasn't on the ball i want to cook that guy i want to smoke the <laughs> oklahoma receiver <laughs> the champion in the orange bowl like it's the stuff like that where i'm like yeah this is what makes this good it's like the people on quarterback was like oh i fell asleep watching quarterback i'm like quarterback made me like Kirk cousins and hate Brittany Holmes once i think i told you that earlier quarterback but that's isn't just, about football it's about the know. interpersonal lives and if that's what you're expecting to get it's going to be exactly what you need um like i'm going to say this right now with season two of quarterback i can't wait for that conversation to come out about uh matt stafford and his wife that the shit that she took to her podcast where he's like i don't get along with any of my teammates i can't wait for that to be air yeah that's gonna be awkward like, <laughs> <laughs> which that's another team too i will say I'm not, not, I'm not ready to crown them yet. I feel like they are good, but it's still for me. I want to see them play like someone out of division. I want to see them yeah. like like this like the Monday night. That's a perfect example. Cincinnati 
who I'll say this right now, they're not winning the North unless Baltimore falls off a cliff because you're 0-2 in division play. Yeah, That's a big yikes. Like, I'll say this for yeah. divisional play as well. Buffalo has to beat Miami week four. Because if they go to play tomorrow? Buffalo plays Buffalo Washington. Play not tomorrow, this coming week. Washington, okay. Yeah, but then if they lose to Miami, they're 0-2 yeah, in division play. Yeah, they've already lost to the Jets. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, and, so I, that's and, I, and, I'm not, and I don't think that's a guarantee, whereas in past years, I like Buffalo more than um, it seems like everyone else. For whatever reason, uh, the, a large contingent of football fans have shifted from like Buffalo is awesome. Oh, Buffalo fell off. Just watch, just watch. They're going to lose the division. I still think they win the division. I think they still think they're a good team, but I don't think it's a guarantee that they go and just beat Miami because I think Miami is a better team than people are letting on. I think so too. But my thing with Buffalo was, I feel like a lot of people did that because they were that team last year where it was like, they should be in the Super Bowl. They're going to be doing this. Like their fans were like buying tickets and hotels to Glendale, Arizona in like 2022. So where it's like, yeah. they had these like this huge bar set for them where I'm like, if this year I look at it where I'm like, hey, if they're in the AFC championship game, I think that's a winning, that's a successful season. Obviously mm-hmm. for them, it's not. But for me, I look at that as you have, you have two choices if you're Buffalo. One, you do that, or two, you continue to let your fans do weird experimental drugs and basically fall into your site <laughs> the site of new stadium. Like, yeah, that was what a story. <laughs> like I understand getting having fun at a football game, but I'm not like taking weird psychedelics and also uh, uppers and downers and covering yourself in shit at a football game. Like I'm there to have fun. Like all the all some beers and yeah, if pot's offered and it's legal, I will do it. But I don't I, folks, I don't care. I'm a, I live in a country where it's one of the only few countries in the world where the stuff's legal. Um where you do that, but then you don't go off and like do that. It's like the same people do who get like completely blacked out of the football game and like are yeah. barely like the one like can't even the, remember the third quarter. Yeah. The person at the Cleveland Browns game, I don't know if you ever saw it where he's just rocking. He's just <laughs> But he's just – I'll send you the video later if I can find it. But he's just, like, standing up during the anthem. But he's just, like – I'm going to stay on my chair. He's just, like, <laughs> during Star Spangled Banner where it's just, like, get down, get down. Let's go. As I'm watching as my baseball team – I know your baseball team's not doing too well, but my guys are trying to clinch the wild card right now. So Yeah, my baseball team is terrible, and we have no GM. So, fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing with the Jays. The Jays swept, and now the Jays are up 4 nothing on the Yankees. So, that's something we can both be happy about. Um <laughs> Quick question before, just obviously we have a few more talking points, but tomorrow night, do you give the New York Giants any chance? No, they're a bad team. They're a I bad think, team. I think without Saquon, I th- it was you or someone else who said this, you're going to realize how bad Daniel Jones really yes. is. I, well, yeah, I tweeted that on um, when, when Saquon and, got hurt. It was just one of those like, all right, if I, I think it was just a lot of talk about New York was so inaccurate last year where they're like, Oh yeah, Daniel Jones is taking a step. Yeah. His numbers aren't great, but he's winning. He's helping you. He's leading them to winning games. And I'm just like, Hey, you need to watch the games. And now that, you know, Saquon is out of the picture. I think people are going to have to watch the games and realize, Oh shit, he can't play. I think it's a mix of that, but it's also a mix too of he's not bad, but then also too, I just don't like people like when they're like his offensive line, yada, 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 which I'll say this right now. You tweeted this the other day about Eki Aquanu. Evan Neal doesn't look any better. Oh dear, yeah. Uh, Kwanu, he looks bad. He looks so bad. I, I don't know what's up with that. Um, because he wasn't bad last year. He was up and down as most rookies are. Um, and I don't. I it was just not there. That was a weird. That was a weird. Just watching him get beat over and over and over. And I know division play is 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 tricky because weird things happen in division play. But from the responses I got, it didn't sound like that was a one time thing. No. And the other thing I'll say too with the Saints as well, they have two players on their front seven who I think are severely underrated in the NFL in Demario Davis and Cam Jordan. Yes, agree. I agree. I think Demario Davis just gets left out of every single conversation for best linebackers in the league. And I think that is just an issue. I think he is one of those players that kind of changes the dynamic of your defense. I know it's because, uh, you know, he's a little older. And so people are like, oh, but, you know, any minute now he's going to, you know, <laughs> break both of his legs and never play again. But I think. I think he is one of the best backers in the league, and I think it's insane that people don't agree. Like, I don't think he's going to be – like he's not one of those guys where he's not – he's like the Haloti Nada category where it's like he's not going to be like a – I don't think he'll be a Hall of Fame player, but like he's going to be that player where, look, he'll be honored by the Saints. He's a good player. He does so much for the community, and that he's like a well-respected player. And then Cam Jordan, too, he's just a guy that he'll go in there and he'll wreck wreck the play. But with Carolina, though, they're basically trying to do good with mid. That's the one thing I'll say with them. Yeah. Like – it's like Adam feeling this, but I'm sorry. When your quarterback can't be involved in seeks because he's too short, he got a bit of a problem there. Yeah, I um, I just didn't expect Bryce Young to look this frazzled. I know his O-line is atrocious, but my goodness, he just 
he just looks like he's not there mentally yet, where it's like he is just not ready for NFL play, right? Like yes. I think it's still satisfying. He can make the throws and all that, and that's that's great. But once the defense does something that he hasn't seen before, you can tell. Now he's trying to scramble out of a clean pocket. He's kind of just dirting the football or he's throwing it high over someone's head. And it's like, dude, I need you to like calm down and like it's just football. I just don't know if he's ready for the, you know, the realities of playing against an NFL defense. One thing I'll say right now, too, with the NFL quarterback class from this past year, I think CJ Stroud is the guy in Houston. He's looked really good, even though they are 0-2. Yeah, yep, yep. He, uh, completely he looks agree. Like, he's the kind of guy where he, like, he'll take a hit and then he'll just, like, kind of shake it off and then he'll just proceed to do stuff. And also my other take from this past draft was that Tank Dell is a good wide receiver, and we're seeing mm-hmm. that so far. And even though he was concussed, Anthony Richardson, too. I think it's, yeah. I, I, my take with him was where it's either going to be Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts. I don't think it's going to be – I think it's going to be more of the Jalen Hurts. I'm not out here saying he's going to be top five leading in the Super Bowl in two years. No, I'm just saying the like the level of play, they just got to keep adding weapons and also yep. sure up that offensive line. I took flack for this last year when I said Quentin Nelson's not a top five guard anymore in the NFL. But he's if not. he can – if he's not. But, like, if they can get players that can replicate that, it's great. The other thing they have to do is add tight ends as well and then figure out whatever the hell's going on in the running back room with Jonathan Taylor, even though I still feel like he'll be gone. But – I think, backs, he, I think he has to be. And then with running backs, so we did have a trade today where now we have a mid-off between Cam Akers and Alexander Mattinson <laughs> in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, I uh, never bought into Alexander Mattinson. I think he's a good um, role player. But I, there were a lot of uh, Vikings fans uh, over the summer who were, like, absolutely sold that Alexander Mattinson w- w- could be that guy. Like, it didn't matter that, you know – you know, Alexander Madison can uh, can approximate Dalvin Cook if they release Dalvin Cook when that was a question. I just don't see it. He's a fine role player, but I don't get that. And they can't make can't make her. My goodness, my. Yeah, goodness. I, I I don't know what the, I don't know what's going on. Like like I said, the Rams. I'm not ready to buy into because like the Seattle game, Week One divisional games are always there. But they yep. did a great job with the Vegas house call on um, Saturday. Um, was the only thing I was going to say. And then with us, with our running backs, I'll say this right now. I know we had the fumble, but for the most part, Zeke's looked fine. He's just got to get better in pass pro, in my opinion. But apart from that, like, if New England, they're going to have – I feel like hopefully it's Sunday they have the game where they get it right and then they kind of go on a roll and maybe they surprise a couple of teams here or there because I still feel like out of the Dallas game, the Buffalo game, and the Miami game, I think they got to win at least one of those to really, like – surge that playoff combo back i can i can see them winning one of those um yeah i don't i don't know i just i think for the patriots it's just a matter of getting that o-line situated um get five and get five out there yep together um it's just it's been an issue i know that um the popular take leaving you know leaving sunday night was well they gotta you know add all these new players and everyone sucks um like i said on the left side of the line it was more communication errors it looked like Stain- cole strange looked like he hasn't actually played football in three months and i mean he didn't um <laughs> because you know he got hurt and yeah. the first day of pads and really didn't come back until the end there um he looked like he hadn't played in a little bit david andrews I, like i mentioned had his issues and you know then you have Vidarian Lowe, who isn't a normal starter, he was only, he's only been here two weeks because he was traded, you know, at cut down day. I just I just think they need to get their starting five out there. You know, go Trent, you know, Trent Strange, Andrews, Onwenu, and Calvin Anderson. I think you you get them five out there and let them work together, work out the the, the kinks. Because um, I think individually, it's not like poor play that's doing it. It's just execution errors. You know what I mean? It's yes. not like oh, you know. Yeah, well, that was the case with Antonio Mafi. But the others, it's not like, you know, Calvin Anderson's getting destroyed because he's a, you know, he's a bad football player. It was just like, all right, he he thought he had help. He didn't have help, got beat to the outside and gave up a sack. Those are the kind of things that get worked out over time. So I think you just get your five out there and let them work through it. To quote French Montana, don't panic, I think is the right term to use. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I know Owen, too, it's really hard not to panic, but just just give it some time. Yeah, you got to have faith. You got to know that there's a system process and all that still in on the snow. But for anyone out there saying, well, because of those whole Robert Kraft comments about making the playoffs and everything like that, where it's like, oh, Bill Belichick may not be there next year. I'm like, guys, Belichick's going to be there until Belichick doesn't want to be there. And also, too, there was that report that came out. Apparently, he wants to break Shula's record because Shula was, I guess, had a lot of bad comments. It was Deflate Gate or it was some Spygate. And Shula had a bunch of bad comments about it. And I think there was a thing from Belichick basically saying, Look, I didn't get the perfect season, but I'm going to take his wins. I love it. Yeah. It's pettiness at its finest. 
Yeah, for sure. I think um, I don't know the the whole bill thing, the oh, you know, fire bill or whatever um, the case is there. That entire um, movement just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I don't think it's something that we'll see. I think that you know, in the end, the team will be fine anyway. I think they'll be you know, like I said, nine and eight. I think they could maybe compete for that seventh wild card spot um at that that third wild card spot pardon um and just kind of make some noise i think they'll be fine overall i just think people are jumping the gun as they typically do i, I think the same thing as well um two other points actually you know what let's uh we'll play a quick game before we go obviously there's a handful of oh and two teams with new england also la minnesota carolina denver arizona cincinnati chicago and houston if you have to exclude New England, which one do you have the most faith in to turn the season around? Um, Cincinnati. They started slow last year. Their quarterback hadn't practiced in a month and a half uh, after he had hurt, what was it, the calf, I think it was, what they officially ruled it as. Um, they're just still trying to get it together. I think they're too talented a team to just kind of fold at 0-2. They didn't last year, and I don't think they will this year. I, I, I like them too. Mine, I just want to go with L.A. just to be different, but also too because I do think they do have every – excuse me, everything that it takes to ch- turn it around. Also, I'll say sure. this, because my, my MVP pick going into the year was Justin Herbert as well. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But um, anyway, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, if you're going to watch football, don't watch the Sunday Nighter because the next three Sunday night games, actually the next two are gross, where you have Pittsburgh and Vegas. Fun. New York and Kansas City. <laughs> they have to flex that game, man. What are we doing? But week five, we get Dallas and San Francisco. Yes, and that's going to be that is going to be, I think, the litmus test. I think I slept on the Cowboys um, overall because I always sleep on the Cowboys. They're the Cowboys, but um, I think their defense has arrived in such a way that it's no longer it's no longer a joke when the Cowboys fans say, "Hey, this is our year." Because I I think we're approaching that point of the year where, or, or the point of their team building where. Yeah, it might be their year. They're they're a really good football team. So I think that'll be a preview for a playoff matchup to come. I do think, though, I'll say this. If they make it to – and I'll, I'll, two things. One, if they make it past the divisional round, I, they're, they're winning it. I'm sorry. They're just, yeah. if, they, if they make the conference championship for the first they're time gonna since, take it. Yeah. like I said, since you and I were toddlers, they are doing it. The other thing I'll say, too, as well, a Dallas Super Bowl that's in Las Vegas just seems like a perfect recipe. But yeah. at the same time, too, I don't want to see Cowboy fans happy. <laughs> but for all we know, it's like if they do get it, it's great. Because I feel like if they stay on the same trajectory, I think you can see a world where it's like Micah Depoy, I think, is a lot. That's why I'm saying MVP. Because I'm like, if he yep. keeps up this production, he's in that combo. Yep. Mike McCarthy, coach of the year. Because the one mine was, was Brian. When some people said Brian Dayball. And I'm like, people don't win this two years in a row. It's always coaches nope. you don't expect. So that's yep. why that's that. And the other thing I'll say, too, is on another note with a team, I did not realize that Cleveland gave up another first-round pick for next year. So Cleveland's got yeah. to turn it around, or it's – it's Or they're in a really bad spot, yeah. Because I just – I don't see it. Because guess what with them? Kevin Stefanski, um, you're a good coach, but someone's going to take the heat, and it won't be Deshaun because they're not getting out of that Deshaun contract. Exactly right. Yeah. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it. McGarvin, been a blast as usual. We'll order yes, guys sir. coming up in a couple weeks. We'll be McGarvin, Pat, and I doing our monthly recap after the Dallas Cowboy game, which will either be, holy crap, that was what an upset, or it's a therapeutic session. Hopefully it's, it's – <laughs> A come to Jesus. <laughs> yes. Come to Jesus. It literally will be the name of the podcast. Oh, my God. Oh, I was going to name this one. We're go, we're doing this live, but come to Jesus. You have to listen to the end of the title. It's always a blast to record with McGarvin, one of the favorite Patriot Twitter followers – and you in uh, just general YouTubers as well, nice ENT thing. Um, basically, too, as well. <sighs> it was just good. It's always good to record, guys. This almost For didn't sure. happen today because of a little miscommunication, but you know what? It's all good. It worked out. You guys enjoy your night. This has been episode number 247 of YWC Football Talk. See you guys tomorrow night for a week three preview. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. 
Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.